0: What do one of the most legendary creatures of the night have to do with the church? Find out on John Not Quite Calvin right now. Hello, welcome back to John Not Quite Calvin. I, of course, am your host, John Not Quite Calvin. Okay. So this is kind of an interesting one for you guys. We're going to go ahead and I'm just going to give you guys a little bit of a story here. We're going to go back in time to when I used to be in the military. I know, I know not that long ago, but you know, us veterans really got to like relive our glory days a bunch, don't we? That's right. That's right. All right. <laughs> so if you guys don't actually know, uh, of course, like I used to be in the military specifically, I used to fly on aircraft. I was a aircrew member and the planes that I was on used to have like a lot of different people on it, depending on the mission load and things like that. So I had to deal with a lot of interesting personalities. Uh, mainly though, the personalities I dealt with were from my own squadron and being in an intelligence squadron, the vast majority of people thought that military intelligence wasn't just a title, but it meant that they were smart for some odd reason. So one day I was, flying with one of my crewmates, one of my crew members, and we're in the bus heading back to the plane to fly back to our base. And this guy just stops and he goes, yeah, I know an awful lot about Christianity. So immediately, of course, being a Christian, my ears just perked right up. And he goes, did you know that there's actually this whole thing that the the church had to establish that werewolves aren't real? And it's known as the Armenian heresy, like the the country of Armenia, the Armenian heresy. And it's they had established that werewolves weren't real and made it a heresy. So obviously I was sitting there going, that doesn't seem right. That doesn't sound like that doesn't sound quite right. So let's just let's get into a little bit of like what he may be talking about here. So if you guys don't know a lot about werewolves, shame on you. Shame on you. Werewolves are the coolest monster, in my opinion. Uh, I I love them. Uh, I'm a huge werewolf nerd. Um, anybody that knows me would tell you that. Uh, I've got posters of werewolves around my house. I write stories about werewolves. I read stories about werewolves. Uh, they're, like I said, they're my favorite monster. I think that they're just the coolest things ever. I think that they're they're really tragic. They're interesting because they're these men who don't quite know if they're still men, but they're not quite animals. They're not fully monsters because they turn back into humans. But the other thing too, is just like the way that werewolves come about, like the original folklore and stuff behind werewolves is that they have to be cursed by a witch. Like the very first werewolf had to be cursed by a witch. And the curse was that they would turn into a monster and werewolves have to kill the thing that they love the most the first night that they turn so i just i always thought that werewolves were really cool but they were very tragic and i think that the lore really lends to like very interesting stories so that's a little bit of basic like werewolf werewolves um come from europe obviously they're uh mainly a european monster european folklore um there's lots of different iterations of werewolves out there um the one that i'm talking about is uh, mainly from like a German perspective, but they have other ones. So I actually decided to look this up recently to try to figure out if what he was saying was actually true, because I thought that he was wrong. <laughs> so I actually looked this up and to see what was up with werewolves and the country of Armenia. Uh, and there is actually a werewolf, a uh, specific werewolf lore associated with the country of Armenia, and they're known as Mardagel. I it's been a long time since I took German, and this is this isn't German. So like I, I know for a fact I butchered it. I'm sorry, I'm really bad at it. <laughs> but anyway, so like the the big thing with Armenia is that um, it's mainly like tales of women who, in consequence for committing the deadly sins, are condemned to spend seven years in wolf form. Uh, So that's that's like probably the only thing that's really connected to the church, to be completely honest. Um, During the early ADs, I want to say like the 300s, 400s, uh, werewolves were becoming really, really popular. And a lot of people were actually claiming to become werewolves where they would like put an ointment on their bodies and they would become a wolf. They would become a monster and they would. Uh, tear apart human flesh and things like that. Uh, it, it came about again sometime during the Protestant Reformation, uh, and there were actually a couple of accounts of the Catholic Church going and burning at the stake people who were claiming to be werewolves. But unlike what my coworker's story was saying, there was no actual heresy deemed by the Catholic Church or any of the Protestant denominations or anything like that. Uh, werewolves are just a myth, they're, they're a myth. You don't really need to establish a heresy for a myth. Um, like, when you get too involved in mythology, the Bible's pretty clear that you're not supposed to. You know, it very quickly can become idols, it can become, uh, like, it can warp your sense of perception of the world, and it can lead to, like, different, like, practices and things like that that aren't biblical and actually are very demonic. So, like, one of the things, for instance, with werewolfism, um, I kind of scratched at the surface a little bit, but I'll get back back to it and, like, dive a little bit deeper here. The, the thing with the werewolf mythology that was causing issues with the people that were being burned at the stake and stuff like that was they were using it to justify animalistic behavior. They were using it to justify murder uh, and, and killing innocent people. And the other thing, too, was they were trying to accomplish a transformation to become a werewolf, this legendary monster, this legendary beast, through the use of ointments, magic, dark magic, uh, trying to uh, use essentially witches and witchcraft to transform themselves into this, this wolf beast that could kill their enemies and just kill innocent people so that's that's where you kind of start getting into the theological issues with mythology is when you actually start putting it into practice and you start trying to take things out of myth and into reality through the use of like dark magic and darker means so werewolves in and of themselves if you just take the mythology not dangerous, not heretical, nothing like that. Like, it's just like a fictional story. You can use it as a story for your children and teach them morals and things like that. But don't try to become a werewolf. Um, (laughs) So I I kept looking up, though, uh, why, uh, like, Armenia specifically, the Armenian heresy. And it turned out that the reason that he specifically thought of Armenia when it came to these, this, this heresy that the Christians had to deem werewolves is not real, um, to make fun of Christians doesn't actually come from history. Uh, those accounts of the men who are trying to transform into wolves and trying to like slaughter innocent people, mainly they came from like Germany. They came from, you know, Germanic countries, Germany, Austria, essentially provinces that were once part of the Holy Roman empire were the ones that were actually being like persecuted mainly by the Catholic Church for like specific like specific trials and instances where people were being burned at the stake for werewolfry or becoming a lycanthrope supposedly um but they they it wasn't deemed because it, they they weren't put at, put at the stake because they were werewolves or they believed in werewolves they were put at the stake because they actually were murdering people it was actually like it just so happened that they claimed to be werewolves in their defense and then they were burned at the stake for murdering people which was actually more of a common death sentence at the time most people were burned at the stake for crimes it's it's kind of like hanging in the wild west it, it was burning people on pyres in medieval europe that's kind of <laughs> that's kind of what it was but so I kind of started wondering, like, why specifically he thought, like, Armenia was the reason behind it. And here's here's a fun little tidbit <laughs> of knowledge I found out. He got it from a song. That's right. He learned a little bit of fake theology from a song by a band called Power Wolf. And the band called Power Wolf, which is a German metal band. Uh, made a song called The Werewolves of Armenia. And so he took this song and assumed that there was some history behind it. When there really isn't that much history, like I said, with Armenia and werewolves, they do have like their own werewolf story, but it never became so huge that the Catholic church had to come down <laughs> and tell them werewolves weren't real. Um, but it comes from a song. That's where like he got all the the, the popular idea of, Armenia. But he also had heard that there was a thing called the Armenian heresy, but he didn't actually look into what it was. There is a thing called the Armenian heresy, friends. It does not stem from the country of Armenia, though. It stems from a theologian called Armenius. The Armenian heresy, friends, is Armenianism. <laughs> the heresy is actually the extreme form of Armenianism where you can gain and lose your salvation based upon your own personal choices and will, where you have the power to overthrow the salvific power of Christ based upon your own choices and actions. That is the Armenian heresy friends that human beings and their will are more powerful than God and his saving grace. (laughs) Um, Seriously though, like um, Armenianism is really a dangerous Uh, theological viewpoint, if I'm just being honest, because it makes men out to be more powerful than they really are. And the other thing too, is that we need to be aware of bad theology and what bad theology results in. Armenianism is a very prominent viewpoint in the United States. And I guarantee you that if they could have their way, I would be burned at the stake (laughs) for saying things like this by like most of cultural Christianity today. But Armenianism really is probably one of the biggest issues that is plaguing the church in the United States. Bad theology is plaguing the church in the United States, and honestly, it just stems from, the, from an Armenian viewpoint. When the church is more reformed in its focus, when the church is more reformed in its understanding of the scriptures, when the church is more Calvinistic in their approach towards the gospel, towards sin, towards other people, and towards themselves— We tend to have things like the Great Awakening, which was actually a resurgence of Calvinistic thought and practice and preaching in the United States. What we get when we have bad theology, such as Arminianism, the overemphasis on free will, the overemphasis on the human understanding and the human part of theology, we get things like the Second Great Awakening, where we get things like Mormonism. And Mormonism, if you really read into the theology of Mormonism, they are super, super Armenian. And they claimed that the real issue with the church in the United States was actually that they were too Calvinistic, that they didn't emphasize the free will of man, that they didn't emphasize how powerful man was. And it went to the point where they started claiming that men were gods, that men were heavenly beings that came down to earth. And when they live their lives perfectly and when they live their lives in accordance with the rules of mormonism they would go on to rule their own planets as a god it got to the point that god became a man in their theology because our free will has to be as powerful as a divine beings making us therefore divine armenianism is one of the biggest issues that caused Mormonism. Mormonism continues to be popular because of their overemphasis on free will, because of their overemphasis on the fact that God needs man. God needs men to be with God in order for God to be fulfilled. Otherwise, if we, by our own free wills, choose not to, he has to punish us, which is bad, and it makes him sad. Bad theology causes bad churches, And the thing is that the theology in the Church of the United States, honestly, is absolutely atrocious. It really is. And, you know, we we come and we wonder why there are people who are out there like Kenneth Copeland and Beth Moore and Benny Hinn and all of these other, like, heretical teachers, and they're hugely popular, and we always kind of scratch our heads and wonder, well, why? The thing is that these people are the cancer, but they're the tumors that are appearing because of the cancer. The ultimate cause, the ultimate reason that these people exist is because our bad theology has allowed them to exist. Our bad theology has caused these people to be regarded as at some level orthodox enough that we accept what they preach and what they teach. And the thing is that, really, these people are just like an overemphasis of, of not Calvinism, they're an overemphasis of Armenianism. Think about it. Kenneth Copeland is really famous for saying that we are all little gods. Why? Because the thing is that if human beings can overthrow God, we must be God. We must be divine. And the thing is that Kenneth Copeland will tell you that, oh, we have a free will. We have to have a free will that is completely, completely free from the sovereignty and power of God. It can thwart God's plans. It can thwart God's missions. He would tell you that. He said that or things similar to that in his messages. When we have people like Stephen Furtick going around and shouting, I am God Almighty. He believes that. He believes that he is a God. He believes that he is divine. He believes that the greatest power that mankind has is our unbelief and that God cannot override our unbelief. We, people, human beings, have to override our own unbelief by our own free will. We, human beings, therefore, are more powerful than God. Therefore, we must be in some way, shape, or form divine. Armenianism and the overemphasis on Armenian doctrines and Armenian thought has resulted. In the state of the church today. There is no way around it. Calvinism does not produce these kind of teachers. They can't. It can't. Calvinism constantly says the scriptures are sufficient. The scriptures have to be the guide. The scriptures have to tell us what we believe and why we believe it. When we start deviating from scripture, when we start putting our own ideas and thoughts and actions into scripture and into the Christian life that they're not supposed to be there. Like when they're not supposed to be there, we get bad teachers. But the thing is that Calvinism constantly points us to go back to the scriptures, go back to the original sources. That's what we want to do. That's always what we want to do. Good Christians want to go back to the sources. Good Christians want us to read the scriptures and we want good translations that have as many of the manuscripts as humanly possible. And we want to get as close to the original language and the original meaning of the text as humanly possible. That's what Calvinism produces. That's the, 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 the greatest things that Calvinism produces. Just, just think about that. The ESV is through Calvinistic teachers wanting to get as close to the original scriptures as humanly possible. That's how the ESV came about. The NASB, similar thing. Had a lot of reformed people on those on those groups translating the scriptures. Now we have things like the Legacy Standard Bible, and again a very calvinistic thing, coming out Berean Study Bible. Lots of like Calvinists want us to read the scriptures. Okay, that's that's the thing about Calvinism. The Puritans. If you actually read any of the Puritan books, the Puritan book without the scriptural references, like without the like scripture being written out, very small books. If you actually try to read a Puritan book, and many of them are fantastic, I highly recommend them. Um, the The books that they have are fantastic. But the thing is, you need to have your Bible with you. <laughs> you need to have your Bible because they reference it so much that it becomes actually like part of the book. Like in order for them to truly understand and fully understand who God is, they were like, how do I know who God is? He told me. How did he tell me through the scriptures? He didn't tell me through personal revelation. When we have bad theology, that's when we want personal revelation. When we have bad theology, that's when we go, oh yeah, God has to do something supernatural. He does, by the way, he does actually have to do something supernatural but he does it through means that aren't as supernatural as the armenians demand the armenians demand that god does something without doing something <laughs> okay like he needs to do something but it can't change our mind it can't change our will we have to come to the we have to come to it but the thing is that how is god going to do that how's god going to open our eyes and open our hearts for them it's not as simple as getting into the Bible, having your heart changed by the scriptures, having your heart changed by the word of God or the gospel being, being presented to you in the way that it was presented in the scriptures and the way that it was written and the way that the apostles used it and the way that Christ used it. No, no, heavens, heavens, no. God has to talk to us personally. Why do you think books like Jesus Calling are so popular? People want that supernatural feeling. They don't think that God can change you as simple as, I now no longer desire sin, I now desire God. God has to do something amazing and incredible because otherwise I'm not going to change my mind. I'm not going to do anything different. We, we want things that aren't in the scriptures anymore. We need something bigger than the scriptures. We need a feeling, we need an experience, we need the song, we need the dance, we need the light show, we need the fog machine. That's how we get God. Not through the scriptures. Heaven forbid, not through the scriptures. Why? Because to these people, the scriptures aren't powerful. The scriptures aren't enough to change people's minds. You know why? Because men hate God. Men hate God. And we don't realize that the only way to break through the heart of stone is through the word of God. So rather, we would love to have a thousand converts who are fake because we've used non-scriptural means, non-scriptural methods to get them into the church and to get them thinking that they're Christians then actually preaching the word, telling them what it means, telling them the gospel and having them changed like that. You know why? Because most people don't get changed like that. Why? Because there are few, there are few Christians out there. God doesn't save the masses. He saves few. The way is narrow to salvation. The gate is narrow to salvation. The road is wide to hell. Why is that? Because the vast majority of mankind will not go to heaven. That's always been the plan. That's always been the case. The only way to heaven is through Jesus Christ. How do you get to Jesus Christ? How do you understand Jesus Christ? How do you Follow Jesus Christ. You have to know him. You have to know what he said. You have to know what he taught. You have to know what he said. How do you know that? The scriptures. There is no other way to know Christ as intimately and as thoroughly and as accurately as through the written account of the New Testament. It's as simple as that, friends. We need to be reading the scriptures, we need to be going back to the scriptures. That was the entire point of the Reformation. The entire point of the Reformation was getting people back to the original sources, getting people back to the Bible. Sola Scriptura. Scripture alone was supposed to be the rule and authority of the church. Why have we moved away from that? Why is it now, not just Scripture alone, Scripture, personal feelings, the culture demands, and personal revelation? Why is that? Why is it? that we no longer have scripture alone? And the answer is because scripture alone is not powerful enough, quote unquote, to change somebody's mind and free will. You know why? Because most people aren't changed like that. You know why? Because most people will not be changed. There needs to be a supernatural act. It's called regeneration. And it has to come through the Holy Spirit. You know how the Holy Spirit comes into the person's life And manifests himself and changes the person through the preaching of the gospel. Through the preaching of the gospel. Not a watered-down version of the gospel that sounds really nice and makes it sound super easy. No. The real gospel. That is the only way that you shall be saved. Christ is the only way. The only truth. The only life. Scripture is the only way, friends. And the thing is that the only way that we're going to have true Reformation in the United States is by getting back to sound doctrine. How do we get back to sound doctrine? Through the scriptures. And the thing is that Armenianism is not sound doctrine. It is heretical. It is heretical. It is against orthodoxy. It is against what the Bible says. The Armenian viewpoint is very difficult to defend from the scriptures. That is why books like uh, Chosen But Free are horrible. But then you have books like The Potter's Freedom that drip scripture. Because sound doctrine must come from a sound source. And the only sound source that we have at our disposal is the scripture. So... Yeah. (laughs) Who would have thought that some guy in a van talking about a song by a German metal band would come to me coming out of my cage a little bit and talking about how horrible Armenianism is. To be honest, the question is only God friends. But anyway, I digress. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Thank you so much for listening. If you guys want more content like this, uh, let me know. Uh, send me a comment. We're on Facebook now, John Not Quite Calvin. Um, you can look us up on Facebook. Uh, I post memes there. I post different things there. I make sure that my articles get put up there. If you guys want the main uh, articles, news, things that uh, I put up, uh, go check me out, johnnotquitecalvin.com. And until next time, friends, soli deo gloria.